Shut up, I love it. First position, second position, third position, shut up! I love it! This is Shut Up, I Love It, isn't it, Sasha? Yes, it is, and this is Sasha Filer with... Joe Cabello. With this is Shut Up, I Love It, the podcast when we invite a special guest to talk about something underrated, underrepresented... Misunderstood. Yeah, anything, anything anything like that. I just took a nap. Sasha's actually, the pillow is still stuck to her head, <laughs> like sweat matted. Welcome today. Uh, we have a very special guest. She is a TV writer and just in general, she's a writer who most recently wrote on the TV show Station 19. Hello. She teaches TV writing at Script Anatomy writes for video games and is doing the whole in-between writer's room television development cycle. We can talk to her about that as well. Welcome, Omaira Galarza. Hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> How did I do with my Omaira Galarza? I think it's beautiful. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't even pronounce my name perfectly, so I never judge. <laughs> That's incredible. I tried. I did my best. And uh, if y'all didn't like how I said it, you listeners, please send us an uh, email and just get in touch with us. We love when you <laughs> get in touch. Oh, Myra, let's just get right to it. What are we here to talk about today? Well, we're here to talk about dance, specifically ballet, and specifically just a kind of what I like to call adult recreational, non-professional amateur ballet because um, that's something that I just like to do. It's a really aggressive hobby that I have. And yeah. Aggressive just, hobby. Can you what define what you mean by that? <laughs> it means who for fun likes to shove their feet into point shoes and, you know, suffer all kinds of weird injuries because maybe they didn't have the right technique at first and then have to go like backwards and get humbled when they thought they finally had some skill to learn that they have no skill again. <laughs> You know, it's like a, it's kind of a masochist's hobby, but it's beautiful and it's lovely and it has so many rewards too. Like so, bear wrestling. Exactly. Uh. Or crocodile <laughs> wrestling or whatever. <laughs> so when you say adult, um, you know, you don't have to reveal anything you don't want to, but uh, what is the ballpark we're talking about? When did you start actually ballet dancing? Yeah, so I start. I'll give you a number, but then I won't give you the numbers to do the math. But I started when I was 25, and then I've done it for years after that. Yeah, um, yeah. Choose your own adventure of that. Which could be two or a thousand. Right. You don't know. We don't know. We'll never know. Uh, and we're okay with that. But that's, yeah, 25. I mean, this is probably when the careers peak for, like, actual ballet dancers, right? Like, this is about the time when they're their strongest, and then after that, it's all downhill. Am I right? Yeah, it's interesting because also the industry is changing, I think, uh, especially in recent years. 25 used to not only be the peak, but it kind of be, depending if you were a prima, maybe a little differently. But it seemed like if you hadn't really gotten somewhere by the time you were in your mid-20s, that was it. But now careers like have more longevity. But definitely to at the time that I decided to just get into dance for fun at 25. It was, you know, people probably looked at me and were like, well, but why, like, did you do it as a kid? Is that why you're getting back into it? And I actually had teachers who would 
give me certain corrections or have certain expectations because they thought I was, I was told this like verbatim. She just thought I was an out of shape dancer who was like coming back into it. And I was like, Oh, cool, cool, cool. So you think I'm fat and that like, I have more skill than I do, which is like a weird backhand compliment. It really is. But then again, we're going against ballet dancers, which are typically just in human shape. Yeah. The the ones we're thinking of, which I think the ones we're all thinking about. What you're getting at is like, yeah, that people tend to think that the path is either you started when you were like three years old and then continued to practice for however long until you stop. So, yeah, that is uh, that's really an interesting path because uh, what really piqued my interest was like you talking about injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just thinking, like, I can understand going through that if you're younger and kind of like a football player when they're young, like a peewee player who's like, I just got a concussion, but it's <laughs> worth it because I might get a scholarship mm-hmm. later or something. But mm-hmm. you're in this position where you're not doing that for any other reason but the love of you're building your craft, if that's even the, the correct word for it. Um that's a take I wasn't expecting for this episode. And now I'm even more excited. Uh, nice. You know, to what you were saying about the injuries and things like that too. It's really interesting getting into something as specific as ballet as an adult, because it has such a foundation. The reason people start when they're three is because there's like fundamentals that they kind of, for lack of a better word, beat into your body, but not in an abusive way. They just like train your body Mm -hmm. to understand this technique. And then we as adults have all sorts of posture issues because of how we live life. And then here you go throwing yourself into an adult ballet class that doesn't take you back to those like foundations. And so you're just kind of, and me, I came from a gymnastics background. So I like certain things about me, people really did think that I must have taken dance at some point. And so they just like throw the things at me and I would just kind of fake it and muscle it thinking that I was doing the thing. And that's why I would get injured. Oh, yeah. Like even just micro muscles and bone formations. Right. Yeah. Um, How tall are you, Omar? So I'm five, six and a half. Mm -hmm. Isn't there some controversy about your height that you mentioned to me outside of this podcast? (laughs) There's a lot of controversy about my height. Apparently, I present much taller than I am. Um, And so I once had this one former coworker who calls me like basically an optical illusion because this always happens, like whether it's in dance or at work or amongst friends, people just always will. This will come up where height comes up and they're like, oh, yeah, because you're like, anywhere from five, seven to five, 10. And I say, Oh, no, 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 I'm like five, six, five, six and a half. And they're like, No, you're not because I'm such and such height. So you have to be five, 10. And I tell them, I'm definitively not five, 10. And they're like, no, 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 come stand next to me. And I go stand next to them. And then their mind is blown. But we can be in the same room with five people. And each and every one of those people will be like, but no, 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 no. I know I'm five, two. So you have to and so I have to go stand next to each and every person. And then they finally are like, oh, wow, you're really five, six and a half. What a yeah. burden of existence. Burden. Yeah. It's Just like your magical weird. power that like you don't know what to do with. Yeah. yeah. Um, it. I'm five, eight, and I live in Nebraska. You need to drive here right now to stand next to me. And Is that prove. one of our listeners? Yes. Emailing <laughs> us. 
Very upset. I mean, uh, that'd be a real optical illusion if they had those kind of feelings just based on my voice. <laughs> they know. You have Omaira, a tall so, voice. Yeah, tall voice. So, Omari, you have uh, this background in gymnastics. Of course, everything helps everything. Like, as writers, we're all writers here. Like, we know, like, anything you do that's like borderline writing, like it's going to help your writing. So I'm sure, and I'm aware of that, that like gymnastics, of course, must have helped you to be like right away, like ages ahead of other 25 year olds that might've never taken a gymnastics class. Is that true? For sure. It has huge advantages because you have flexibility, you have strength, and you also more than anything have guts. (laughs) And I think that's important because there are many things when you're dealing with your body, like spinning and jumping and things like that, that people have these micro fears about or macro fears. And when you've been a gymnast and you like fall on your neck, however many times you just like having to do a turn on one foot is not really scary. Um, so you just kind of have this different attack and then combined with the flexibility and the strength, you just can get some places. The thing is though, gymnastics posture and ballet posture could not be more different the way you hold your hands the way you arch your the back, hips like, right because you're arching in gymnastics like crazy like you watch simone like right she's walking around like super arched mm-hmm. um and then like um a whole thing about tucking is a ballet term right when you tuck so they, there's no lumbar spine uh curvature like you're trying to get rid of it yeah well and that's like a whole thing too because people say tuck but tuck is vastly wrong like you're not supposed to tuck you're supposed to lift you have to lift your vertebrae of your spine and you have to line everything up to lose that arch in your back if you tuck you're basically just doing the opposite and you're not in proper posture so then you go through this whole thing where people tell you to tuck or to you know not stick your butt out and so you just learn how to tuck instead and then again you're, you're overcompensating. Yeah, yeah. I, I teach yoga, and we're, I also don't use the word tuck. But uh, it's it's always difficult to explain to people what then they should do. Um, it's like what you just did was good, but it's like a long, you know, it's a long <laughs> way to explain to somebody instead of just saying just tuck. We're getting very specific, y'all. Yeah, we this are. Is getting it, very it, exciting. Yeah, yoga. Like uh, I was did one DVD when I first started, and the guy says, "Lower your sacrum," and I'm like. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know what a sacrum is, nor can I control it confidently enough to lower it. Wait till they start talking about your mula banda, though. Oh, mula bandas okay. are the craziest. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I try not to talk to mula banda about mula bandas in my class. So that's, that's one thing I do for my students is that I don't talk to them about their mula bandas, about squeezing their in, like reproductive organs. Yeah. The mula banda Com- discourse is very bad, very toxic. Yeah, it's healthy though. Them kegels. It's great. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Do your mulabanda exercises on your own. Come to my class, my yoga class with loose reproductive organs. I'm fine with that. Just keep them relaxed the whole class. <laughs> I am okay with that. Omaira, how long did you do gymnastics for? Like from what age till how long? Yeah, so I... I did, well, I actually wanted to get into gymnastics when I was three. My mom told me that I apparently, we lived in Germany at the time on an army base. And I went up to her and I said, mom, I guess I was very articulate apparently, or maybe yeah. just like her memory <laughs> of it now. Let me tell you something. Yeah. yeah. I was like, mom, I need to tell you something. And she said, sure. 
um, or whatever she said. I wasn't <laughs> really there. Um, and then I said, well, I'm three years old now, so I think I'm old enough to be in gymnastics. And she thought, what the fuck? Like, how do you know what gymnastics is? Um, but also she was like, I guess, racking her brain and thinking, I don't know how to speak German. How would I, how do I find a place for my daughter? That's good. And blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I didn't get into gymnastics until I was 10 actually. Um, and we were in Texas at the time. So I did gymnastics from age 10 to 15 and I trained at two different gyms, one in San Antonio. And then I moved to what's called the Rio Grande Valley, really South Texas. And I continued training and competing um, through that gym, but, um, much like dance, I, I was fine. I was mediocre at best. That's, I mean, that's pretty much for everything in life. Like I'm mediocre at best. Except um, teaching and writing. Sure. I hope so. Yes. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I've gotten an expertise in my like older age. <laughs> uh, we're also ancient here. We're old. y'all. Ancient aliens. Uh, ancient friends aliens. Of the show. Shout out. She's definitely friends of the show. Former episode. I, I got a I think I want to ask you like why you think or what category of shut up I love it this is in and stuff but I yeah. want to contextualize it by first asking you what's the end game of doing ballet like you're doing now is it shows is it exams is it until your next fatal injury what is it? Oh, boy. <laughs> I love the idea of exams. If someone can create an exam system for the adult ballet world, that would be incredible. And I would I would eat it up and I would wear my like color coordinated leotard and skirt, maybe, maybe with a sweater over. It would be the um, bar exam, right? Exactly. Exam, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Your puns are on point, by the way, except you should have like five, six, seven, eighted into this instead of three, two, one. You're right. Yeah. Oh, my oh, ignorance shit. has betrayed me. It's okay. It betrayed me. And I guess it, my ignorance has done exactly what it's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think this kind of falls into two categories in a way. One, I think misunderstood because the idea of ballet often is misunderstood and who can do it and when you can do it is very misunderstood. And then underrepresented because I think this area of adult ballet where you're just doing it literally for fun to speak to your other question I'm I have no end goal with this I kind of got roped into uh performing for a while in not just in ballet also in modern dance randomly and I was with a couple of different types of companies um but I that was never actually a goal for me and I realized that all of a sudden I was so deep in it and I it wasn't fulfilling me because I don't actually have the desire to go on stage with dance and I don't actually I enjoy performing I enjoy expressing but I can do that weirdly in the classroom too <laughs> you know mm -hmm. so yeah so I mean I don't have an end goal I just want to keep learning I want to feel in my body I want to at this point I've actually gone backwards even and I'm trying to just learn the fundamentals again and how to stack my body really properly and then build from there and then see if I can get to what I was doing before or not. It's cool. So it's like just the, the being in the classroom for you, or I guess the, the studio, is that what it is? Yeah. Just being guess, there is it for you? Yeah. I mean, I guess you just pointed to the fact that I'm a nerd and I missed school maybe, and this is my new school. I love and I'm, I, <laughs> I love was also an athlete. So so I think I need physical goals, and this mm -hmm. gives me physical goals. Joe, what is your experience with ballet? 
<laughs> what uh, you know, your, what's your sacrum's experience with the ballet? It's so lowered for ballet. Um, I do a lot of ballet around the house. Uh, my fiance always says that uh, we should take ballet classes together and I'll just cream her. Um, but I don't really enjoy watching it. Um, I think it would be like, I don't want to do classes for it because I know it'll just be like getting my body to be stand right. So I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Um, so I'm not, uh, I haven't really been that much of a fan of it. I, if anything, I've made fun of ballet a lot. But you're saying you do it around the house. What do you mean? You, you take like, you make like uh, videos for Instagram? No, I don't. I don't. I just, for <laughs> myself, you know, just dancing around the house trying to make the cats laugh. Uh, I mean, you need the positions, that. though. Can we see your first position? Uh, you absolutely cannot, because uh, I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> oh, fair. He never does. I've seen him get up, and there's no pants. There's pants. Oh, there are yeah. pants. Um, that's that's about, what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, Sasha? You come from uh, some very close parts of ballet being amazing right yeah i mean i come from a strange thing in the sense that like i grew up knowing a lot about ballet because my uncle left siberia and he went to study uh in moscow and then he worked at bolshoi theater like he he worked at bolshoi but like which is like meg it's a it's a mecca for ballet in many in many ways it's like the video um, of ballet yeah exactly so i've seen ballet since i was like five years old like five years old i saw giselle or um some other ballets that i don't remember and i remembered that i liked it but i didn't like love it i actually understand exactly when you say am i right about this is enough for me to be in the classroom and feel like i'm gonna express expressing myself um i've taken you know i've i've never done ballet classes straight up but i've done um I've done a lot of like a ball, ballroom dance uh, classes, but it was like when I was a teenager. So that was just me deciding, no way, I'm never going to have a career at that. But just taking those classes and modern dance and stuff like that, just because I loved it. And then um, it all kind of, for me, transitioned into loving yoga and doing it because it also makes you feel good. Like I literally feel like a better human being after doing yoga uh, and healthier mentally and physically. But um, I still like love ballet like I and in fact I think I grew to love it more but especially from editing having edited on tv show dance moms where <laughs> oh. you know ballet classes is one mm. of like the like the classes they would take the kids on that show and I I just have so much love and I always had a good eye for like editing and like seeing when they make a mistake and I like that was kind of cool for me that I like knew more than other editors about what was going on and I could edit it and then like the EPs were very like happy with what I did based on like how I would edit like a solo or but then again it's not you know strictly but strictly ballet but with ballet elements so that is my experience um some uh side you know classes that were a little bit resembling ballet when I was a teenager and then like working on dance moms and then like you know taking bar classes which is like a, a poor man's ballet bar sure. classes yeah <laughs> I mean, it's really well-intentioned. <laughs> well-intentioned, yes, exactly. Well-intentioned, y'all. But I don't even love those anymore because, um, I don't know, I just, I just do my yoga. But I have so much respect for people 
who do get in the shoes, like in the point shoes, you know, because I never did that. So tell me about your first experience getting into those shoes. Yeah. And to be fair, I haven't I have the shoes, but I haven't gotten into them in probably a little less than a year. And I don't necessarily have plans to get back in them. But um, the first experience with it, it was, I felt like I was a kid again. You know, you watch, if you've watched any of those ballet documentaries where you see the kids getting their first pair of point shoes and they're- to break them and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like thrilled, but I, I went to this one ballet shop. Um, I'm not going to name it for anyone who like knows it because I don't want to like trash something, but um, I don't think this was also before like adult ballet started getting really popular, I think in LA. Because uh, it has kind of grown. Mm -hmm. I saw the ads on Facebook. They were, they were telling me you should come. And I was like, no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after this episode, you'll change your mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, I think they looked at me and were kind of like, oh, here's an, not just an out of shape dancer, but we can tell she's not a dancer. And um, so, yeah, so I think it was not the, the best fitting experience and they fit me in a thousand different shoes. And then they ended up putting like ballet point shoes are so specific in so many different ways. Like the hardness of I'm going to say words that aren't going to make sense. The hardness of the shank, the, the size of the box, whether the box is tapered or not, the width of the shoe, the how I know that word. The damp is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's like all these different, and I'm not even naming them all. There's so many different little elements. And then each brand has many different styles and everyone does their shoes differently and blah, 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 blah. So I try on a thousand shoes. Um, I have a collapsed arch, which means it seems like my foot is wider than it is. So then I know what that is. Yeah. Cause I have one too. Yeah. So she fit me in a, like let's say, I don't remember the numbers anymore, but let's say she fit me in like a 5X and I actually needed a 2X or something. And it was- She was confused about your height. That's why. Exactly. Oh my, it comes back <laughs> to haunt you. It comes back. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, and then she put me in this thing called like a Russian point shoe, which are some of like the hardest ones. Of course. And as a beginner, <laughs> you would, there's no reason to start in that shoe. So basically I still just thought like, this is fucking cool. And now I have point shoes and they look beautiful on me and they did not. And um, I was able to muscle my way up onto them. So I was like, here I am, I'm doing point, but I was not. Um, but I had, you know, a good teacher who really tried to help me work with shoes. And I tried a thousand different shoes and I just ended up, I actually didn't, I never really was that person who got like the nasty blood blisters and things like mm -hmm. that, probably because I have gymnast feet that are like calloused over. Mm -hmm. But um, I did get a corn once, which is, okay. has anyone had a corn before? What is uh, that? No. I know the word, but like, what does it mean? Yeah, oh. never experienced it. It's mm -hmm. awful. It's like an old people problem and a dancer problem. But it's mm -hmm. basically like, imagine like a conical triangle situation that's, pure callus inverted and pushing into your your toe wow yeah. that's what's happening. that's not good that's worse than joe joe's sacrum i mean that's 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 as bad yeah, as it, it gets it, some days it gets inverted and pushes <laughs> inward but i mean that's a different thing <laughs> that's that sounds awful and is that oh. something you take a break afterwards or what do you do no that's something they're like it's normal some people might like sit out or take off their shoes, but I come from a gymnastics background in 
I'll just say, I, I did gymnastics in the 90s, kind of is still in that era of coaches weren't nice, they yelled at you. Um, and everything was like, muscle it through, push through it, don't cry, you're gonna cry, go sit in our balcony and like cry it out and come back down. Um, so I took that approach into my dancing. So I get a corn and I'm like, ooh, I'm really in pain, but let's go, let's finish this class that there's no pressure for me to finish, but I'm going to, because I, I started it, so I have to finish it. I think you are like that with everything you do, am I right? <laughs> Probably. It's good. It's good for a writer when you're getting through a oh, script. So you're, you're like, this is painful, and I, I'm there right no now. No one gives a shit if I do this or not, and <laughs> yeah. here I'm gonna do it. Uh, what's the teaching situation like for finding teachers? Like, let's say people are out there, they're they want to get into this. They've never taken dance, or maybe have had some physical background. What do you think the landscape is like? Uh, LA is a little bit different than any other place, but uh, generally, what do you think it is? I think the landscape has gotten a lot better, or maybe I don't know what it was before I started doing it, but it seems like pretty much any city, especially any city with a ballet company, but even if they don't, probably, even a lot of the major ballet companies will have adult classes, um, open classes that adults can take that usually company members teach. So it's kind of, it's like an easy Google search to see if there's adult ballet in your city of whatever level you want, whether beginning, intermediate, advanced. Although anyone looking, keep in mind that levels are, you just, you're going to have to go to the class and see what level it really is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes beginners advanced and sometimes advanced is like basic. So mm -hmm. That's unnecessarily confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no like overall like way to judge until you get there and you're like, they start like turning, right? There's like a turn section and then so you like find out like can people turn or because turning and jumping is like one way just to simply see the technique in class, right? Just between turning and jumping. Um, but I guess for you, Omaira, you have a good eye. You could tell if the first position sucks, which I guess I could too, <laughs> um, especially third position. But um, yeah. So I have a question also, again, just getting back to specifics for a moment. I know like, with, you know, dancers, obviously like ballet dancers and all kinds of dancer, dancers, when they start very young, they're, you know, the feet, the dancers' feet, like they're a lot more developed and then like as calloused as they are than a non-dancer's feet uh, in the sense that their arch is a lot more pronounced, right? Like the top, the top of the foot is more pronounced. I don't know what's the right word to say it. What about gymnastics? Does that do, do to your feet as well? Or you had to like, because like to me, like I had to work always hard, just pointing hard, pointing hard to get sort of to the place where my feet don't look just like anybody's feet. They look like almost like dancer's feet. Yeah. Gymnastics do that. Yeah. I was actually watching the GK Classics, which is um, a gymnastics event for one of the qualifying events for the next Olympic team. It happened this weekend and I was watching it with a dancer friend. So it was funny. And this friend's a professional dancer who trained at Ailey and stuff like that. So we were talking about feet because I've as a as a uh, gymnast, you have to point your feet. But usually they say point your toes, which is such like different. If you if you cringe at that, you know what I'm talking about, because mm -hmm. um, you're supposed to like to get that arch, you have to point your whole foot and not just crunch your toes. But gymnasts don't always point through their whole foot because that's not as important because <laughs> they know, have to land on those feet like the feet are a lot more like involved in flopping around. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, put, you're you're pushing through, which the pushing through like mm -hmm. to jump 
really helps for the training of a dance foot, but you don't ever have to finish it in the same way. So yeah, when you get to ballet, it's a whole different ball game of foot. <laughs> you have to really like learn how to articulate it fully and how to build up ankle strength even more. Although also, I mean, maybe professional gymnasts have that level of ankle strength. I didn't because I wasn't professional level of anything. <laughs> but um, Abby Lee Miller, like she would always yell and dance moms. Like she would yell at people who I'm like thinking like they have the best solo. Like they look amazing, right? And then she'd be like, those are the worst feet I've ever seen. Look at those ugly feet. You have the ugliest feet. You're like, <laughs> no, she doesn't. But she's really looking for those pointy, pointy ass feet, right? Like that's what one of the main like for the judge to be like, I hate those feet. And then they're not going to give you a high score. Yeah. And some of it's just genetics, you know, because you can only train your foot so far mm -hmm. past what it's built like, I guess. But it's, I feel like it's sports and anything physical, there's been more just focus into specific body types versus you look at like, you know, early Olympics from like 1930 and it's like everybody just looked like the exact same <laughs> beefcake body. Like the runner looked like the weightlifter. Yeah. And now like they, they really like, no, if you don't look like that, you're not going to do a shot putt. <laughs> if you don't and at the highest levels that seems to be kind of what you have to do it's like were you born with the right feet then i'm not even going to pay to have you go to ballet class <laughs> you're going to go somewhere else it's interesting because i feel like with a lot of sports also the level of the sports has increased like gymnastics if you watch gymnastics from the 70s to now it's the level of gymnastics is just insane so i think that is part of the body type thing too because just to train at that level your body is going to change but I do think in dance and kind of gymnastics it's kind of like changing a little bit in terms of they used to especially Russian schools and they probably still do they line you up like horses and like you're wearing basically nothing I think and they just like say like nope nope yes nope just based on how mm -hmm. their natural body type is they can tell how they're going to develop I guess um but now there's more body positivity going on, at least in the, the States. I can't speak for everywhere because I don't know that, you know, people are being able to break in with different body types and they're starting to see the value in having muscle and being strong and that kind of stuff. Misty Copeland, shout out. Yeah. Well, the, it's, uh, you know, by somebody I read today, they were said like body types are fashion, essentially. So they're meaningless. So I could see that uh, developing with something like ballet, which I think part of it is the look, right? Yeah. Of seeing like 30 uh, bodies that all look the same doing this thing. But if that's more of a preference than a mandate or anything that needs to happen. So you look at something like Kanye West's My Dark Twisted Fantasy with all these different ballerinas, it actually looks amazing on its own right. Oh, look at that. Something ballet that you do like. <laughs> there you go. Anything Kanye. I don't, yeah. Shut up, I love it, Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the ideas you pitched that I just never accepted because he's too popular. But I know what you mean. Uh, but I, yeah, with ballet, though, the thing I, I, and tell me if I'm wrong, Omaira, but because it's such a, like, old kind of art, that it prides itself on being as classical as possible, despite 
everything else that's going on. I think it's just the kind of pers person that um, teaches ballet. It's like harder for them to change their mind, right? Because they're trying to um, hold on to the what they've always been doing. Like it's not a modern dance or some other form of dance that is like avant-garde dance, like open to constantly changing and evolving, including body types. For ballet, it's like, how do we look almost like the same as they did in 17th century in Russia? What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting because it, it very, it's very case by case, depending on what company or what studio or what teacher or what, co what consumer even, because sometimes I'll look at, there's this one Instagram account, Worldwide Ballet, that always has gorgeous ballet pictures that they source from all over the internet, probably, that I geek out on. And I noticed that sometimes whenever they have people with different body types or who aren't typical, typically ballet dancers and things like that, the comment section is very interesting because it'll be people saying like, this is great body positivity or like, yes, showing something different, la da da da. And then you have other people really lashing out about how, who aren't dancers who are saying like, no, but this is an aesthetic art form and that's the aesthetic and it needs to blah, 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 like fit this look and just aren't letting go of that either. So I think it's, there are lots of different variations of where the pressure's coming from, I think. Um, mm. And then there are some companies that, yeah, are always going to be very classical and very, like, they want people who are five foot six and taller, and they want them to be this weight or this kind of these, I don't know if they measure their measurements or if they do it by weight or what, but yeah, there are some that are that specific. I don't know if they're allowed to be that specific anymore. And it's maybe under, like they do it under the surface. But then there are other places that are priding themselves on trying to break those molds. I don't, I don't know how far it's going to go in professional companies just because of, it is an aesthetic art. So that's going to be interesting to see how they can get people used to something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even Misty Copeland, you know, like she's obviously, I mean, the huge barrier she broke was because um, she's African-American woman and she became like a leader, a leading um, mm -hmm. um, uh, American ballet right company or I can't remember where she became a leading lady. But um, but like other barriers she broke, she was one of the first like more muscular people, even though she's still like small, really. But like she's like, more muscular. Femininely developed, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and she started doing ballet when she was like something crazy like 13 or yeah. 14 and so she's a very interesting case but then like so far that i've like looked her up like she didn't stay there long enough it's almost like well was she there just for a moment because like people gave her like they wanted to acknowledge like oh no we're cool we can have like a person of a different size to do ballet but then like immediately she's no longer like the leading lady i don't know how it works but it was interesting for me that like it didn't become a sweeping a sweeping thing that like took over everybody you know it was just like a, almost like a single case that is of that um scale that i know of like just a lay woman mm -hmm. yeah i think i mean i think she's been a principal for a minute but i don't know how how they distribute who gets how many principal roles a year and things like or mm -hmm. a season um there have been a few others i don't know i'm not remembering the names right now but there was this one girl who was in beautiful dancer she was in this documentary called first position when she was much younger and now she's a principal dancer at some company somewhere and she's um she's different but like from many perspectives too she also has that more muscular build um 
And then there's this dancer, Catherine Morgan, who she's pretty, like, she has a YouTube channel that blew up because she was a New York City ballet dancer. And she ended up getting kind of, kind of kicked out because of her weight at a certain point, but she had developed this autoimmune situation that was causing mm. her to gain weight. And then she ended up thinking she'd never dance with the company again. So she started her YouTube channel where she like teaches dance and just is like a mentor to the world kind of. And mm. then through the popularity that she got through that and then how people saw that she was still training and still at a level of dance that was insane, Miami City Ballet picked her up as a principal, but then they would only give her certain types of roles because here's the other thing too, if the costume doesn't fit, they're not gonna give you certain roles mm. because these costumes are expensive and they're tailored in certain ways. And also it's a way for them to have an easy way to say, I want this body type for this role. So- And also they look at, you know, and maybe that is just an excuse, but they talk about like, you know, for the male dancer, like to handle you and like throw right. you up and down, like how freaking thin you have to be for them to be able to do that. So they definitely look at that. Think and of the men. Will someone yeah, for think once of think of the men? Fine for <laughs> once. And you know, and men, of course, are just adored, like adored in ballet, like for because sure. there's so few of them, and so it's just like they're worshipped. They're they're worshipped by the teachers, the trainers, like as far as I understand, right? Yeah, I mean. Like, Definitely an adult amateur mm -hmm. ballet. If a man walks in the room, it's like, wow, man. Like when I was dancing with an amateur ballet company, it was, and even the girls, we were like, oh my God, a guy, a live one. You, um, heard, it, you heard it here, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> really? If you want to get that kind of attention. You'll get, get that kind of attention, whether you want it or not. But also, and it wasn't really from a like, people salivating over this man because a lot of it's adult ballet a lot of people are mm -hmm. married or mm -hmm. don't even like men you know whatever mm -hmm. so um but it was kind of from a perspective of like oh we can do different things now because we mm -hmm. have a man you know there are certain things that you can partner women to women but there are certain things that are perhaps easier more accessible when you have different, mm. different bodies in a room well, you heard it, fellas. Cancel those classes that you just signed up for. The plan is not going to work. I mean, you'll have some thirsty people there. Don't what a worry. Roller coaster. <laughs> is there anything else, Omira, you want to mention that we haven't really covered here? Maybe you want to tell us about what kind of performances you did? Oh, people no. don't need to go digging those up. So maybe not. no, I'm kidding. But um. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I'm not kidding, but <laughs> okay. um, I did all kinds. I did some that were just, there are these shows sometimes that are, sometimes it's charity events or things like that, where they get different dance companies to showcase or showcases. They have them showcase different things and it's all levels of companies. Some are uber professional and some are just passion projects and you have all styles of dance sometimes. I did stuff like that. I also did, it was in this one company that did more, um, standard like full like created this um artistic director created a new full-length ballet that we would do every year and would you know oh, cool. cast it and do the whole works and what was cool about it being an a like adults doing this is that all these adults have different resources and different skills so for example there was an architect who was in the show who was like oh let me build like the props and the backgrounds and then there was the ceo of you know, a huge cosmetics company who was like, oh, well, let me like donate some makeup. And, mm -hmm. you know, you just had all these wonderful talents 
who just mm-hmm. wanted to pull their talents. Yeah, versus little kids who can't do anything. Dance moms fighting each other. That's always fun. Dance moms um, have no skills outside of their kids. Yeah. No, and they're usually, I think they're usually people who took classes and like it didn't work out for them a lot of times, which is very interesting. Tell wow, me we I were mean, throwing you know, a lot of shade at dance moms. I, I, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a stage mom to very advanced dog, uh, Shark, who's going to be a star. I know that. His brother was. Um, so I know, I know exactly the feelings a dance or stage mom might have about their precious, talented children. <laughs> But you're not trying to live vicariously through your dog. Oh, for sure I am. Well, I'm running with him, but I definitely know he's better than me. So in some ways I am, like by extension, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah always vicariously living through my dogs and cats. Omira, is there anything else we should mention before we get to the ratings? Um, just, I mean... Uh- Shut up. I love it. But I I think that anyone who's listening, who's like, oh, yeah, I'm too old for ballet or I'm like whatever reason you're giving yourself for not wanting to try it. I'm like queen of accidentally recruiting people <laughs> because <laughs> I just I love the idea that really it what it's given me in life is the under the full understanding that we always tell kids you can do anything that you want. But really, as adults, we can do anything that we want too. you know. We may not end up having careers in it. We may not be the primas, but we can do it and we can have fun and we can enjoy the process. Well, I know I'm never going to run like um, a champion agility dog, like like a champion, like national champion agility dog. I don't know. I don't think I want to. I don't think I have it in me like to be like only doing that. But I'm really like benefiting from just like doing really well with, with what I have. And um, and just only dedicating this much time to it as opposed to like just like making it this thing. And I was just reading um, like a blog that one of show TV show like showrunners and here in Hollywood, y'all. But like he's running a a blog about how you can help your writing or where he is with the writing right now. And he was talking about how during the quarantine, a lot of writers felt like they were hitting the wall. And his theory is that because people were limiting their experiences, obviously, throughout mm-hmm. the quarantine. Yeah. So they just had like five or 10 places they were going to every day, the same walk, the same coffee shop, and that's it. And he was talking then further in his blog about the importance of exposing yourself to just like other stuff. And like, I mean, it keeps coming always up in writing or acting and it keeps coming up. But it was interesting how he really framed it. And he was saying how you just really need for your brain to just experience different things. And sometimes it's getting into your body and like, you know, putting on the ballet shoes or not putting the shoes and doing ballet stuff or doing yoga or running with your dog or whatever Joe is doing. (laughs) Sacrum. I'm trying to find the sacrum. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, I mean, if maybe maybe, you know what, just taking a ballet class, y'all is going to make you a better writer, right? In some way, so that's what we do. That's what we. That's what we. That's what we do. We just try to live fuller lives than, um, than we would otherwise if we were stopping ourselves constantly because we can't be the best. Yeah, know? that's a very like American ideal too. Is to like, oh, if you're not going to be the best at it, why do it? And I think that does limit a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, go buy a guitar and learn guitar, even if you don't plan on ever playing it for anybody. You know, why not? If that's what you want to do. It's that type of mentality I think people could really benefit from. 
Yeah. This podcast is never going to be better than Joe Rogan's in the number of listeners. It's always going to be second to it. The second. <laughs> Close second, <laughs> but still a second. <laughs> Joe, um, I'm curious, what's your ballet? Like, what's your thing that mm-hmm. you want to do or have done? Gundam? Yeah. Well, I, let's leave that for the ratings. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what the ratings are yet. So. Yeah, smooth transition. Yeah. Joe, would you explain to Omira and probably the rest of the audience and to me because I keep getting confused. What <laughs> no is this rating cookies. system about? <laughs> yeah, what is the rating system about? So we're going to rate ballet from zero to 10 using anything we want to help the scale. So we could say, hey, chocolate chip cookies are a 10. But ballet's a zero. Or you could be like, hip-hop dancing's a seven, ballet's a ten. Whatever you want, just throw something in the mix for the ratings. And if that's confusing at all, we're going to go first. <laughs> Is it going to make it less confusing? There's no problem. It really anyway. depends. <laughs> we did have someone do a cookie before, though, so that's I true. win. Mm-hmm. I, I, going into this, I was trying to think what would be something that's similar to this and during while you talked about it i came up with it wow uh this i see being very similar to like an adult joining an mma or a martial arts course uh class because many people like let's say you're 50 and you go to do an mma class you're not gonna fight you are never gonna go in the ring and fight whether it's the ufc or anywhere else it's just not a good idea at that age to do that but that's no reason why you shouldn't train mma to better your skills just get your aggression out whatever the reasons are and you're going to get hurt like there are going to be points where you get kicked hit whatever it is so it's going to come at a cost but there's a lot of benefits even though you're not going to have a championship belt so i think i'll go with uh like training martial arts or I'd say mixed like martial Patrick, arts. Our former guest of the show, Patrick. Are we talking about Patrick? What do you mean? Well, he does he kind of does like professional, like oh almost. yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. He boxes and stuff. Yeah, y'all listen to Patrick's episode. Go ahead. Yeah, so just like that, like picking up boxing or MMA over. I want to say those over martial arts because martial arts can be just very personal, almost um, like uh, you won't get injured at all, other than pulling a muscle. Versus if you're doing MMA boxing, you're gonna get hurt. I would say those I'm going to put at a uh, at a 10. I love those. I think they're a great way to get physical and use your mind. Uh, and I'm going to say ballet is Uh-oh. an 8. Wow. Pretty good. I think it's good. Obviously, I would I would rather do a martial art or something than ballet myself. But I would now suggest it to anybody who was like, uh, I think I might take a class while before I might be like, why would you ever take a ballet class as an adult, you fool? <laughs> so I think uh, before it would have been a three. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the biggest wow. arc, if I may, that we had on this Yeah, show. a big arch. <laughs> Invert, uh, what was it? A oh, yeah, arch. and you have a high arch now. Yeah, yeah. Look at you. yeah, yeah, yeah. And your sacrum is almost landed on the ground. I could it's feel still... it. Your sacrum's <laughs> doing better than mine, by the way, because I've actually twisted mine like three different times, which is not, it's not supposed to twist. 
Yeah, it, no, it's... that's the whole point. Lumbar spine and it's sacrum and that whole area is not supposed to be twisting at all. Yeah, it's problematic. <laughs> oh, that's really bad. Mine's girl, leaking, you got to work your thoracic too. spine. I think I need what? to be in your yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Which brings us to my uh, scale. And it's easy for me enough to just compare it to yoga. I'm actually going to take specifically hot yoga because what I teach is what I preach. And the reason I love hot yoga is because it's an extreme environment where you have to focus. All your ego just gets shoveled inside because you're dealing with the extreme environment of 110 degrees and trying to survive there. And like bounce in one leg or do a backbend or any of that sort. Getting all the demons out, really. Um, and I think that is, to me, a 10. Hot yoga is a 10. I, I think there's very, like maybe there's like high blood pressure or some other um, medical conditions that I would say don't do that. Like you look into that and research. But I feel like otherwise, like everybody can benefit from hot yoga. And because it's hot, you are not hurting yourself for the most part as much as it would be in the cold room. So not like compared to cold uh, yoga, but hot yoga is a 10. And I'd say ballet, and I'm going to take actually another another thing, and I'm going to put it on the scale before I do uh, ballet. And I'll take running, like running outside. It's like a lot of people love running. They run knowing they're not going to maybe even run a marathon, but they're going to run. And that I would put at a four. With all respect, because I love running and I love the endorphins it gives you, I think it's so easy to hurt yourself running. Mm. And just people don't run well. People don't have a background. They're just hurting themselves. And even if they do running right, I feel like it does something to your body that's not good. Because you have to really stretch it out and do something to fix all that. That's just my idea of running. We hate running respect. over here in this no, show. No, respect. Respect. But like four, because I'd rather you do something that's less, um, you know, dangerous. You know, be careful out there is what I'm saying. Ballet, I'm going to give an eight as well. I'm going to give it an eight because... Good I mean, marks. look, you're probably going to hurt yourself, you know, because it's not a hot yoga room. But you're also going to really just like work on your spine and your alignment. And that's still going to bring like you in the better physical place and therefore mental space. And um, I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just it's going to put you probably in the healthier spot, like in terms of what you eat and you're going to watch, you know, what you drink. And I. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little jealous. Like, ballet sounds awesome. I probably would not do it now. But it sounds <laughs> freaking great. Like, big respect and eight. More importantly, Omira, what about you? Well, I feel like one half of my rating is going to be very biased. But I'm going to take it out of the physical realm. And I'm going to go with, can I mention brands here? Anything. Yeah. It could be anything. Okay. Um, like, going to sound random. But um, I used to have this app, Lumosity Brain Training. Or if you just have any kind of brain training app that has all mm -hmm. sorts of different little games that test your mathematical skills and your puzzling skills and different things to try to help combat Alzheimer's and things like that. So I love those. I love like taking my morning poo and opening one of those and like just, you know, getting it done and starting my day feeling smart and empty. It's great. Lowering um, the sacrum into the toilets. Exactly. Joe now knows where the sacrum is. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I love doing those because they just feel like, I don't know, you're doing something to give your brain a little bit of food in a different way. And so I give that, I'm going to give that an eight because my thing with that is that 
after a while you get bored if it's the same kind of games or if the certain, you know, there are certain types of skills like statistical reasoning. That was yeah. one of my weaker ones. Like I kind of didn't want to play those fucking games anymore, you yeah. know, because it just fucking, you know, it was, I was over. Here. Yeah. Um, and then also because it's, it's just kind of the same after a while. Whereas ballet, you're in some ways, it seems like the same because every time you do your plies and once you learn the new language, because you do have to learn kind of a new language to do it. Mm-hmm. Once you learn the new language and you learn the order of things, it's very creatures of habit kind of thing. It's still so different every time because you have to think of 10,000 things at once, not just about how your body is aligned, but about how you're expressing where you're putting your energy, about where your eye line is, about your head, your tension, how to do the, like the, the steps of a certain movement, like how you need to roll through your foot and all that kind of stuff. There's so much you have to think about and remember. And then on top of that, if you then have to do choreography, even in a class, just going across the floor, you have to remember that choreography and it's different every class. So you get to train your brain too. And so for me, the fact that it's like full body, it's like holistic, it's like mind, body, soul, everything. I'm gonna give it a 20. Oh, shattered. Shattered it. (laughs) Well, we love to have a very passionate shut up a lot of guests. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Myra, um, thank you for coming on. Shut up and love it. Talking about ballet. What a treat. Very good. Thanks for having me. Very fun. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, Oh, I want to plug being kind to others <laughs> and then i'm kidding and not um <laughs> You're i like kidding i don't want people to be kind to others <laughs> no i do want them to be kind but it's jesus <laughs> um, uh, don't be kind <laughs> i teach at script anatomy i teach all kinds of television writing yeah, classes you do. i also consult and i would love to have anyone in class who would want to take class I and as a person only... who witnessed Omira teaching, witnessed, haven't taken her class, but witnessed, she's freaking awesome, y'all. Like, take those classes, send your, her those scripts, get those consults, because she's great. She gives great notes. She takes her time with it. Very detailed, very helpful. Thanks, Sasha. And Sasha teaches there, too, and she's great, too. We're just promoting each other, but... Yeah. <laughs> this is the Script Anatomy Podcast. Right. <laughs> Shout out to Tanya. <laughs> um, where is it at Script Anatomy, The where people can find you on Instagram? Sure. Oh, my Instagram. I mean, you can find me on Instagram. Oh, I yeah. find myself social media lazy, which means that I don't mm. really post there. But if for some reason you wanted to try to contact mm. me, I guess you could DM me. Yeah. Slide into my the DM. guy from Nebraska. Slide right in. Yeah. yeah. The one who wants to like measure height. <laughs> Um, my Instagram is at Omigal. That's at O-M-I-G-A-L. If you want to find me on Script Anatomy and request classes or consults, they're www.scriptanatomy.com. Yeah, um, I work. that works. I think so. If not, there'll be something similar to that. Who knows? Yeah, you know, you'd throw some HTTP colon backslashes in front of that. If you want. <laughs> oh, you'll figure it out. Yeah. HTTP sacrum backslash. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of sacrums, Joe, um, how's your sacrum feeling with those plugs? Oh, it's good. I've I've mopped up most of the mess, and <laughs> I'm ready to go. 
You can find me everything at joecabello.com. You'll see all my socials and my comics. I think maybe the issue three of my comic, Bottoms Up Hard Liquor, will be out by the time this comes maybe. out. I'm Ooh. busting my ass to finish it right now. And you can get the other two issues for 99 cents each. <gasps> what a deal. Nice. Do it. It's awesome. Joe is like um, an artist that keeps on giving. The most One of the most prolific people I know. So fucking check it out. I've had a lazy last couple days, so I'm glad to hear that. And <laughs> I also feel like a lot. <laughs> well, thank you, listeners. Uh, please follow us at Shut Up I Love It One on Instagram and Facebook and maybe Twitter. And also email us at shutuppod at gmail.com with your questions, thoughts, suggestions, pitches anything you like thank you Mr. Owl for this amazing track thank you Elizabeth Salutis beautiful art and thank you for listening <laughs>